Our text for today is Psalm 19. We're reading from the Common English Bible. Heaven is declaring God's glory. The sky is proclaiming his handiwork. One day gushes the news to the next, and one night informs another what needs to be known. Of course, there's no speech, no words. Their voices can't be heard, but their sound extends throughout the world. Their words reach the end of the earth. God has made a tent in heaven for the sun. The sun is like a groom coming out of his honeymoon suite. Like a warrior, it thrills at the running of its course. It rises in one end of the sky. Its circuit is complete at the other. Nothing escapes its heat. The Lord's instruction is perfect, reviving one's very being. The Lord's laws are faithful, making naive people wise. The Lord's regulations are right, gladdening the heart. The Lord's commands are pure, giving light to eyes. Honoring the Lord is correct, lasting forever. The Lord's judgments are true. All of these are righteous. They are more desirable than gold, than tons of pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, even dripping off the honeycomb. No doubt about it. Your servant is enlightened by them. There is great reward in keeping them. But can anyone know? what they've accidentally done wrong. Clear me of unknown sin and save your servant from willful sins. Don't let them rule me. Then I'll be completely blameless. I'll be innocent of great wrongdoing. Let the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you, Lord, my rock and redeemer. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So in her book, Quotidian Mysteries, the author Kathleen Norris wrote about her 11-year-old niece. And this is what she told, the story she told of her 11-year-old niece. She says, not long ago, my niece reported to her mother that God speaks to her in her dreams. When my sister asked how long this has been going on, she replied that it had begun when she was five. And among the more reassuring things God had told her is that a little swearing is not the end of the world. God informed her that everyone is given a million opportunities to swear in a lifetime. It is only at a million and one that you are in danger of going to hell. To my niece, a child, a million seems too many to count. She is reassured that God can't possibly be bothered to keep track of the small stuff, the little curse words uttered throughout the day. Although, she did tell God that she was worried about her little brother because she had heard him swear when he was only eight years old 
And she thought if he kept it up, he would use up his million in a hurry. And Kathleen Norris goes on to say, the Bible is full of evidence that God's attention is, in fact, fixed on the little things. But this is not because God is some kind of great cosmic cop eager to catch us in minor transgressions. It's simply because God loves us. Loves us so much that the divine presence is revealed even in the seemingly meaningless workings of daily life. Seen in this light, what strikes many modern readers as ludicrous attention to detail in the book of Leviticus, involving God in the minutia of daily life, all the cooking and cleaning and domestic work, might be revisited as the very love of God. A God who loves us so much as to desire to be present in everything we do. I wish I had had that kind of view of the law growing up, and in my adulthood as well. It's only recently that I've been introduced to authors like Kathleen Norris who reframe what the law means for me and, and for us together. For a long time, I had a view of the law that it is somewhat a tedious book that Christians ignore because we are saved by grace and not by the law. And in fact, it's unhelpful to even look at the old law. Maybe you are familiar with that perspective as well. But reading it that way means Psalm 19 doesn't make any sense at all. Because how can the law revive us and gladden our hearts and give light to the eyes and be sweeter than honey if it's just ancient rules that constrict our lives? What Kathleen Norris sees and points our attention toward is that the law, or as our translation puts it, God's instruction, is a gift, not a burden. God loves us so completely that God wants to be present in every moment of our lives. God intends goodness for all of creation and for us. One person in Bible study this week said, if you always choose the loving thing, you never need the law. But most of us need some guidance to choose the loving thing. And so the law is God's gracious gift to teach us to pay attention to what we eat. And that it matters how we live our lives together as family. And that it matters how we treat widows kids without parents, and immigrants. The law points us to right relationship in every area of our life. I think when it's viewed this way, the first half and the second half of this psalm make more sense coming together. 
they seem pretty disconnected. The first half proclaims that the heavens are declaring God's glory, that the words are gushing back and forth, and yet they're silent. That mystery of how creation speaks to us without words. And that God's love is like the sun, like someone about to get married who can't restrain their joy, like an athlete getting ready to run their morning miles on a good day. We can't restrain their excitement. This is what God's intention for the world is like. It's the revelation of creation. Creation is made to praise God. And so are we. Creation is made to praise God. And so are we. The Westminster Catechism, which some of you may have learned growing up, asks, what is the chief end of man? And I won't ask you to recite the answer, but the answer is man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. The claim is that we, like the sun and the sky, were made to give praise. God created us with a purpose, and that purpose, just like the hills and the trees and the grass, is to give praise. Now, God doesn't ask this of us because God is a narcissist who needs compliments all the time. No, I think our purpose is praise because praise shapes our heart. Just like God doesn't give the law to be some kind of cosmic cop, God does that to invite us into deeper life. So too, God calls us to praise like creation because it will reform us, retrain our attention. And creation shows us what this looks like naturally and effortlessly. From the ants who communicate without words, to the bees that give us ripe fruit and abundant flowers, to the mountains, the ancient mountains that stand day after day after day. Every corner of creation raises its voice in praise. So too we're made for praise. We don't always see this or feel this. And creation's praise doesn't always point us to praise, which is why God gives us direction, guidance. God gives us some help along the way. So that from the largest moments of our days to the smallest moments of our days, we can still draw from the well of God's guidance and live fully, full of praise. When we do this, when we live with God's intention, everything changes. 
It doesn't mean that the hard, awful stuff in life goes away. And the praise God calls us to is not a Pollyanna-ish praise. But something deeper than that. Something that gives thanks just for the fact of our bones and our lungs. The God in whom we live and move and have our being. When we become people of praise, Everything shifts. The desert fathers and mothers were um, hermits and sages who went out to the desert in the early years of Christianity and began the first schools of contemplation and mysticism. And the story is told of one hermit going to visit another, older father. And I don't fully understand this story, but I love it. The younger man asked the older man, Father, as far as I can, I say my daily prayers. I fast a little. I meditate a little. I live in peace, and as far as I can, I purify my thoughts. What else can I do? And then... The story goes, the old man stood up and stretched his arms to the heavens and his fingers became like ten lamps of fire. And he said, if you will, you can become all flame. That is what God intends for us. Lives bursting with praise as naturally and joyfully as creation praises. May we be shaped by God's intention and God's love. Amen.